Welcome to today's Direct Mail Seminar featuring our own Robert Palmer, recognized leader in the field of marketing, social media, and search engine optimization. And speaking on behalf of all of us here at the Robert Palmer family of companies, thanks for joining us. Robert? All right. Good afternoon, everybody. I love doing these things. This is great. So welcome to our State of Eyes VIPs here in the audience and to all of my loyal fans on our webinar out here. Hope everybody gets some value from today. A lot of you attended my seven marketing secrets, which was kind of the kickoff for this whole series. We did a deal on social media sponsored by Real Estation. This week, we're here with estateofize.com talking about direct mail. And so I kind of want to give you a little background on who I am, you know, what I've done with direct mail. So my company, uh, we're probably going to close around $75 million worth of residential transactions this month. A pretty big number considering eight years ago in the, when the, the height of the crash, I started with six people. So we've grown pretty substantially. Uh, most of that comes from consumer direct marketing. You know, traditionally, the mortgage company model is let's go try to get real estate agents to send us referrals. Mortgage guys have no idea how to go directly to the consumer. We changed all that by going directly to the consumer, building those relationships, which means the marketing I've used is the exact same thing you should be using in your day-to-day, -day, right? You're chasing the same consumer I am. Most mortgage guys are chasing you, and you're chasing the client. In my case, I'm going directly to the client through direct mail, through TV, through radio, through everything we do. And so today I want to talk about kind of how direct mail fits into all that. Uh, over the last five years, I've spent just over $15 million on direct mail, TV, and radio. That has generated $65 million in revenue. So about five times what I put in, I got back out, which is a pretty good return on investment from a marketing standpoint. Again, we're on track to close about $75 million this month. So a lot of volume coming through here using the tactics I'm going to share with you guys today. Uh, so as we get into direct mail, you know, today is really about, you know, why I'm such a believer in direct mail. At, at the peak of our direct mailing, we were doing half a million pieces a month. Uh, and at the time, I did not really know what I was doing. And so I ended up wasting a lot of money on direct mail that didn't work. Uh, and by doing that kind of volume, by doing up to half a million pieces a month, which was about $120,000, $130,000 cost us to get that direct mail out. And that was doing it ourselves without paying a middleman, without paying someone else. It, uh, it wasn't effective until we figured out how to use it effectively, right? And so a lot of people miss the true benefits of direct mail. We're going to talk about that today, how to use it as a part of an overall balanced strategy. Uh, but you've really got to understand where direct mail fits in. Uh, what I see is most real estate agents use it incorrectly. Most real estate agents don't use direct mail the way I would recommend using it, don't use it the way they should. Uh, and the dollars that they're putting in direct mail would actually be better spent somewhere else because they are using it incorrectly. So we're going to talk about that. So in my opinion, uh, it's the best marketing you'll do that you actually like. Uh, so I'm a big fan of good old-fashioned prospecting. So the absolute best marketing you can do is getting out there and meeting people face-to-face, door-knocking, making cold calls, getting your voice out to people. That's the best marketing you can do, but we hate it, right? Nobody likes making those calls. Nobody wants to feel like a telemarketer for the rest of their life. So I feel like direct mail is the best marketing you can do that you actually enjoy and you like while getting a good return. Uh, the other big thing is it's not something an assistant or a team member can afford to hijack from you, right? Uh, if you think about it, if you get an assistant and you turn them into a really good door knocker or you turn them into a really good telemarketer, they're probably gonna go start their own team and you're gonna lose them. Uh, where direct mail, because of the time it takes to see success, because of the cost involved, uh, what we find is it's, it's something that they can't hijack and take away from you. So if you truly want to have a business that one day you can hand over to someone else, sell to someone else that has some tangible value, you've got to have some pieces like direct mail driving that marketing. Uh, you can't do it with just prospecting all alone. So that's a big one. And then you can build brand and authority right there in people's homes 
right? You know, we, we know the neighborhoods we want to target. We can hit the same people. We can control the frequency. We're going to talk about the credibility that goes along with direct mail, how to use it effectively. But basically, you're branding yourself. The idea is to become a celebrity to those people. If someone sees your face enough times, there's a trust factor that happens naturally. There's a celebrity factor that happens automatically. And you can do that with direct mail as a real estate agent in order to target the right people, the specific people, and hit them with enough frequency to build that brand and build those, build those relationships and build that trust. So as we talk about direct mail benefits, obviously getting your name out there is huge. Uh, I'm a big proponent of that. You know, as human beings, we recognize faces and names much faster than we recognize brands, right? We associate with people. You know, when, we, when we were first born, the first thing we learned to recognize is our parents' faces. So we're very good. There's a whole part of our brain dedicated just to recognizing faces. And so rule number one for me is anything I do with direct mail, any marketing I do is going to have my face on it. Because at the end of the day, that's the most powerful brand I can build, the brand of me. It's not your real estate office's name. It's not your fancy team name. I think those things are great, but what you've truly got to brand is yourself, people by people, people do business with people, and direct mail is a great way to get that repetition and frequency of your face. You know, the best thing that can happen to you is somebody gets a mailer, and they take it and they stick it on the refrigerator, right? And now you've got a billboard inside their living room or inside their kitchen, inside their house, attached to the most used appliance in the home. And one of the problems with direct mail we're going to talk about is you don't know that happened, Right? So you're sitting there saying, man, my direct mail failed. Nobody called. Nobody listed this week. I sent out a mailer. I got no response. But if somebody out there is saying, you know what? When I sell my house, I'm going to use Robert. And they take that direct mail piece and they stick it up on the refrigerator. That's a huge win. But you have no way of knowing that happened. There's not a good feedback loop with direct mail the way there is with internet marketing and other types of marketing, which is one reason people abandon direct mail or think direct mail doesn't work. So that's something you've got to be careful of. It's a great way to reach the target market. The key word there is target. Uh, we're going to talk about this a lot today. If you just want to reach the masses, there's cheaper ways to do it. You know, if you look at the cost per thousand for direct mail, you know, if you're not taking advantage of the postal discounts and the things that you can do, you can pay as much as 50 cents per person, right, for direct mail. That's $500 to get 1,000 postcards out. That's expensive. You know, when you look at $500 per, $500 per thousand, you can buy per thousand CPMs on Facebook for four or five bucks. You can get them on Google for two or three dollars. So if you're not using direct mail to target, if you're just shotgunning out there to the masses, there are better ways to spend your money. And this is what I mean by a lot of real estate agents are using direct mail incorrectly. If you're just mailing everyone, if you're not targeting, right? Keyword there is target. If you're not targeting, there's no reason to use direct mail. You know, if you want to reach everybody in a neighborhood, just put a sign in the front of that neighborhood. It's much cheaper per thousand. Put your face on the side of your car and drive through that neighborhood every day. These don't have targeting. They're much cheaper per thousand. But the real key to direct mail is being able to target the right households so you're not wasting 50 cents mailing to a house they just got bought, right? If I bought my house yesterday, why would you be mailing me asking me if I want a list? If I'm a renter, right? I'm living in a neighborhood, I'm renting the home from the owner, and you send me a postcard asking me if I want a list. This is not targeting. And so now you're wasting 50 cents every time you send this out because you're not taking advantage of the true benefits of direct mail, which is reaching the target market and then establishing brand authority. This is the big one. Uh, you know, one of the biggest problems I think real estate agents have is not positioning themselves as enough of an expert, not leveraging brand authority, uh, we see this a lot with expired listings. You know, there's real estate agents I work with who do a lot of telemarketing. They call expired listings. And when it comes time to sell the house, the client will parade 10 real estate agents through there, right? And ask all 10 of them to do a listing presentation. And what this means is that no one of those agents did a good enough job of positioning themselves, right? Or establishing themselves as the expert, as the brand to knock out that competition. If you do a good job of that, they're not going to parade you through like 10 other people. They're going to bring you in as the expert. And that's something big I tried to do in my career is I didn't want to look like a mortgage guy. 
right? I didn't want to come across like a mortgage guy. I tried not to talk about interest rates. I tried not to talk about mortgage stuff. I wanted to be an expert in their lives. I wanted to be a source of knowledge. I wanted to be a helping hand in the largest transaction of their lives. But I also wanted to be viewed as the expert, the guy that you had to have on your team in order to be successful. And if you can do that as a real estate agent, you're going to knock out that competition. You're going to avoid having to go up against 10 other people on listing presentations with strangers, right? Most real estate agents work with sphere of influence. So you already have positioning with them. You already have an established brand authority. They're your cousin. They're your sister-in-law. They're your mom, your dad, your friend you went to high school with. You have built-in brand authority. And then when those same agents try to go outside of that sphere, and now they try to start working with people they got off of internet leads or they got off of direct mail leads, it's a totally different ballgame, right? Somebody you went to school with or someone you're related to is going to look at you and trust you completely differently than a stranger, who found you off of Zillow, who found you from a postcard, who found you from somewhere else. So establishing this brand authority is a key piece that a lot of people miss. You can't sell and market the same way to your sphere of influence that you're gonna market and sell to strangers. So we can direct mail to our sphere. That's a great strategy. We're gonna talk about that today. You should be sending mail. You should be staying in front of your sphere of influence, your past clients, your friends, your family in their mailbox. But more importantly, I wanna teach you how to reach those strangers and how to effectively build the right list and reach the right people so that you can see success and ultimately build that sphere of influence, right? Every new customer we bring in now becomes part of that sphere. We've now done business with them. They're more likely to refer friends and family to us because we did a great job for them. They're more likely to use us on their next transaction because we did a great job for them, but we can't do a great job for them until we get them in the door. And that's what this is all about. How do you build that sphere? How do you truly build a big business? And direct mail is a great way to do it. So direct mail success, uh, lots of big companies out there, lots of companies much bigger than myself are using direct mail. Uh, one of the keys is that they are targeting correctly. You know, if you look at Victoria's Secret, they're mailing to past clients, existing clients. They're not sending into every household in a neighborhood, right? How many agents are mailing every household in a neighborhood when a lot of those people cannot and will not use your services? Uh, you know, John Deere, Sports Illustrated, they're all doing a great job of targeting and using direct mail as a part of an overall larger campaign to get the message in front of the right person. So direct mail is definitely not dead. I hear this all the time, I laugh. It's still the best return on investment I have of everything I do. Uh, it makes the phone ring, it, it gets customers into us, but there is a method to it. Uh, size is a big deal. You know, these are kind of the, the easier points. There's, there's two schools of thought in direct mail. My opinion is use them both, right? So you've got the, the golden ratio, which is make it look like everything else in their mailbox. Right? If it's a letter size, it's in a lettered windowed envelope, this is most likely bills, this is most likely letters, stuff that people look at. And then you've got the odd-shaped crazy stuff, which could be considered marketing. Some people are going to respond better to one, some people are going to respond better to the other. So what we do is we do a mix of all of it. And we're going to hit you multiple times with all of it. I'm going to send you an envelope uh, that looks like it's a letter. It could be a bill. It could be a notice. It looks important enough to open. I'm going to send you a clear marketing piece, a brochure, a postcard. Different people react to different things, and you've got to test this to your list and figure out in your potential situation and your, your situation what is going to resonate best with those clients. Testing is a big part of direct mail. So the golden ratio is more about sneaking your message in to look like all the other important mail they get, right? We don't want to look like the junk mail. If you think about it, the crazy shapes, all that is pretty much junk mail, and that can work. People will look at it. You know, one big thing to me is before they can throw it away, they have to physically look at it. You cannot throw a piece of mail away without looking at it. It doesn't work. And so to look at it, they got to see my face. If my face is on the front and the back of that mailer, before they can physically throw it in the trash can, they're going to look at it on the way out of their hand, and I get another facial impression. You lose that with the, the more golden rule, the, the more traditional sneak it in mail, but it's more likely to get opened. So again, both have their benefits, both have their downsides. You've got to test both and see what works with you. So the unusual shape or size is going to stand out from the stack of mail, 
right, theoretically. Now, if they get a bunch of unusual size stuff, then all that's going to kind of clump together. This is where testing is important. We're going to talk about why lists are so important. And one problem with lists is if everyone is mailing the same list, then it's not that effective, right? One of the problems with expired listings, expired listings are a great source of business. The problem is everyone in your industry knows they're a great source of business. And so the amount of mail they get, the amount of phone calls they get, actually hurt that list and make it harder to market to. So when you can build your own list, right, when you can find the people who are not on everybody else's radar, that's where you can really start to make direct mail effective. And that's where using these different techniques are going to fit in. Someone who just got a mortgage gets flooded with direct mail, right? Someone who has an FHA loan that's five years old gets flooded with direct mail because everybody thinks they're a refi target. Someone whose home just expired or just went withdrawn is getting pounded with direct mail. If you're mailing these people along with everybody else, you're going to have to use different tactics. Then if you find the person who no one else knows is in the market yet, we're going to talk about how to do that. And then you can hit them with a much different look of mail. So testing is very important. You've got to test and track your results, but use a variety of things because different things are going to resonate with different people. So out of the TV, radio, everything I do, direct mail is still the best marketing I have. It still gives me my best return on investment. Uh, you know, the, the TV is expensive. Radio is expensive. Direct mail, because we have such a great list, because I really perfected who to mail to, that's the key to this. If I was just mailing everybody in Orlando, right, I think there's like one point six, 1.7 million households in what they call the Orlando DMA, right? So it would cost me seven or $800,000 to send all those people a direct mail. I can run in a Super Bowl commercial for cheaper than that and reach all those people, right? So the key to direct mail is that targeting. It's getting in the right mailbox. So we're going to talk about today how you find that right person in a way that your competition is not, right? So it's the best ROI. And to me, it's the best way to build a business. It's the best way to build something tangible, you know, something that I don't have to show up here every day anymore. You know, I don't have to sit and make phone calls every day. Early in my career, I was on the phones, cold calling for loans. You know, I was out there in the street trying to meet real estate agents, trying to make things happen. Now that I've built a business that runs off of marketing, that runs off of direct mail, that runs off of TV and radio, uh, loans are coming in whether I'm here or not. If I disappear for two weeks on the beach somewhere, we're still going to get our $75 million a month worth of loans, and we're still going to close those loans because I figured out how to leverage myself, right? I'm present on the mail piece. I'm present on the radio. I'm present in the TV commercials. I'm present on our website. I'm there. So one of the keys to this is how do you take your voice, right? So how many people can I physically call in a day and try to convince why they should do business with me, right? Maybe, maybe 100 people, 60, 70 people, 200 people. Everybody has a different number. How many hours are you willing to spend on the phone? How many people can I reach with a mail piece? I mean, theoretically, I could send out 100 million pieces of mail and reach everybody in the country while I'm laying on a beach somewhere right? To me, that's a much better way to run a business. Now, you've got to pay your dues. You've got to build up your budget. This stuff isn't free. And to me, prospecting and telemarketing and door knocking are the best ways to build up that cash flow to where you can afford to do this. But this is what's going to make your business big. This is what's going to make you enjoy what you're doing and enjoy what you're running because it starts to take a, on a form of its own. It starts to grow on its own. It starts to be bigger than what you can personally do on a daily basis. And so many real estate agents get stuck in a rut where they can't grow beyond what they can personally do right? That's it. That's the wall you hit. How many calls can I make? How many connections can I make? How many networking events can I go to? All of these have finite answers. There is no finite answer to how many TV commercials can I run? How many direct mail pieces can I send? How many internet ad impressions can I get? These are almost unlimited. And so by learning marketing, by learning tactics like this, you can leverage yourself and really start to build something substantial that can create generational wealth, that can create a business that has value, that can create money for you when you're not slaving away in the office. All right, so secret number one, repetition, repetition, repetition. This is the big thing. Uh, so many people give up on direct mail early on. Yeah, like we talked about, there's not a great feedback loop. 
Uh, you don't know people are getting your mailer. Your mailer may spark a conversation in a household, right? You send out a mailer and it says, you know, I'm going to sell your home in X number of days for X you know, value. And if I can't, I'll waive my commission. You give a great call to action. And maybe the husband and wife sit down at dinner that night and they talk about it. And you've now sparked a conversation in this household. They're talking about maybe selling their house. They're talking about using you. But again, you have no idea this is going on. You have no feedback loop. And this is why people fall victim to internet marketing because it's got quick results, right? Oh, 100 people registered at my website this week. Okay, but are any of them going to do anything? How many of them are in New York and aren't even going to move to Orlando, right? How many of them are in California and they were just curious? They were here on vacation at Disney. And like, oh, I wonder what a house costs in Orlando. Let me go register at this site. Look at houses. You think you've got a lead when you really have nothing. So the one benefit to direct mail is when they actually call you, they're usually ready to do business. When people call us, our conversion rate, I mean, on certain types of leads, we convert 25%. The average mortgage company out there is converting 1% to 2%. And it's because we're doing such a great job of selling them on us before they ever pick up the phone and call, which you can't do with internet, you can't do with other types of medium, but you can do with direct mail. You can tell your story in advance. But you've got to continue to tell that story. You've got to have the repetition. You've got to have the consistency. Uh, like I said, recipients can't throw it over without looking at it first. That gets your face in front of them. And then each mailer is a reminder of who you are and how you can help, right? Let's go back to that couple. They get a mailer from you. They have a conversation at dinner. And then maybe they knock over the Chinese food and it gets all over the mailer, so they throw it away. Well, now they've forgotten who you are. When the next mailer shows up two weeks later, it's like, oh, honey, that real estate agent we were talking about just sent us another one. Maybe this one makes it up to the fridge. There's got to be consistency. Uh, there's a couple attorneys I work with uh, who do a lot of direct mail. And they build a really good quality list by searching in public records. And they mailed for probably five months before they started getting results. And they were on the brink of giving up. You know, they said, you know what, Robert, this just isn't working. We know it worked for you, clearly, but it's not going to work for us. We're going to quit. And then all of a sudden, the next week, they got calls from the people who had gotten the very first mailer. Right? They were updating their list every week, adding new people, taking people off. Uh, small list. But all of a sudden, the people from week one started calling around month five. And now they get a little energized. And like, all right, well, maybe we won't give up quite yet. And then the next week, people from week one and week two start calling, right? It takes time. You've got to stay in front of these people. You can't build brands. You can't build credibility. You can't build authority overnight. And two, they don't need your product right at that minute, right? They're not sitting around. You know, if you think about turnover, a good neighborhood has what, 8% turnover? So if you figure people are maybe in the buying cycle for the three months right before they're actually going to do something, so we've got four quarters in a year, 8% turnover means 2% of all people at any given time are even thinking about selling a home, all right? So you're not going to get a 2% response rate. That would mean everybody in the market's calling you, right? So how many people really are there? If you're sending out 1,000 pieces of mail, you're only reaching 20 people who are maybe even thinking about selling, and what percentage of them are going to call you? What percentage of them don't have a brother, a sister, a cousin, an uncle, an aunt who's a real estate agent? So you do have to do a lot of numbers. You've got to stick with it because what happens is the people who are going to sell in a year You've now got a year to brand yourself to them, right? If I'm going to list my house this weekend and I get your mailer, you're probably not going to change what I've already got lined up. I've probably already lined up a couple agents that I'm going to interview. I'm not going to get one mailer from you and all of a sudden say, cancel all the other listing appointments. I'm calling this person. But if I've been seeing you, in my, seeing you in my mailbox for five months, six months, seven months, and now I say, oh, I need to sell my home. Maybe I don't go to Google and look up real estate agents. Maybe I don't go on Facebook and say, can everybody recommend a real estate agent? I say, oh, that, that one agent's been sending me mail for the last five or six months. Let me put them in the list. Let me put them in the running. So there's definitely a timing factor to this. Nobody, nobody's ever said, oh, I tried direct mail 10, 15 times and it failed. People say, I tried direct mail once and it failed. And if you mail someone once, I will guarantee you it will fail. 
Somebody somewhere gets lucky and the mail piece lands and somebody calls them. But from a statistical standpoint, you will not see any success or response off of a single mail piece going to a list. Uh, when we first started mailing for the mortgage stuff, we would send people the exact same mailer seven or eight times. And people would come in the office with a folder and they would have all seven or eight letters in the folder. And they, they kept them all, you know, and, and they needed our product the entire time, right? They had a terrible rate. We could give them a better rate. That hadn't changed in the last seven months or last seven mailings, last however long it had taken to get that, probably a couple months. But they waited until six or seven or eight of these to call and they kept them all. They were going in a folder. So here I am thinking nobody's paying attention to these. They're all getting thrown away. This direct mail thing doesn't work. I should give up. I should, you know, quit my job. I'm going to go work at McDonald's, whatever. This is uh, is a disaster. What am I going to do? And then people start walking in with seven mailers with my face on it, sitting in their little bill envelope, right? That means the message was resonating with them the same time, the whole time, right? Every time they got it, it was important enough to them to stick it in the, the bill folder, to stick it in a folder and keep it. They didn't throw it away, but I didn't know that. I thought it was failing, but they weren't ready, right? They hadn't made the decision to move forward yet. They hadn't hit a point in their life where it was important. Who knows what the triggering factor was, right? One month they're sitting there and they're writing that mortgage check out and they just had enough, right? Maybe one night the, the neighbor for the 50th time leaves the trash cans in their front yard or the HOA yells at them for having their boat out there or whatever it is, and they get upset and they decide, I gotta go, it's time to sell. And if you're the agent who's been branded to them and you're the agent who's got six or seven mailers sitting in their bill folder, they're going to call you. And, and we ha- this happens. We are emotional creatures, right? There are people that will, they will get upset at the HOA over a new rule. They will get upset at a neighbor. You know, the kid's bike gets stolen. And now all of a sudden, the most important thing in their life is selling their home because the kid's bike got stolen. We got to get to a new neighborhood. This neighborhood is now terrible. My kid's bike got stolen. I'm moving. And if you're the agent who's been getting tucked away in that folder the entire time, you're gonna see results. You're gonna get that phone call, I promise you. But this doesn't happen every day, right? Luckily, kids' bikes aren't getting stolen every day of the week. And so there aren't triggers happening in people's lives to make them wanna sell. And so for me, what I really want is I would want to market to people who are gonna sell six months from now, nine months from now, a year from now, because now I have time to build my brand and my credibility with them, right? If the guy's gonna sell next week, I'm probably too late to the game. He's probably made decisions. He's interviewed agents right? He's gone on the internet. He's asked friends for recommendations on Facebook. We are too late to the party. But if I can start sending information in there, direct mail in there, good calls to action, good information for six, nine, 12 months before they're ready, right? Now I'm going to be the guy that gets the call. I'm going to be the guy with the highest brand credibility. I'm going to be the recognizable face because they've probably seen my face more than they've seen their sister-in-law's face who's a real estate agent, right? Because she never comes over for dinner, right? Because they don't like each other, right? But I'm in the mailbox, I'm in the mailbox every couple of weeks, right? I'm part of the family. I'm recognizable. And that's the key to direct mail. That's a big part of this. So you've got to use repetition. You've got to stick with it. There is no quick result. Uh, number two, the list makes the mail. All right, we're going to talk a lot about this today. Uh, so EDDM, every door direct mail, the worst thing the post office ever did to real estate agents, okay? Everybody feels like, oh, this is great. EDDM is cheap, okay? But you're mailing to all the wrong houses, right? In order to use EDDM, for those of you who do not know, there's a system called every door direct mail. It means you don't have to address your mail pieces. You just put the the, the zip code or carrier route and drop them off in bundles. You don't have to have the equipment to put addresses and barcodes and all these things. But you have to mail to every single person in the carrier route. You don't get to pick and choose. So the vacant house gets a postcard, gets a letter. The house that just got bought last week gets a letter. The house that's already listed with the competition gets a letter, gets a postcard, right? Everything in the carrier route has to get a mail piece, which means you are wasting the bulk of your efforts. Remember, we said 2% of people at any given time are even thinking about selling a home. So you're mailing to 98% of people 
who cannot use your product. Now, if we say, okay, over the next year, uh, 8% are going to sell. So that's great, Robert. We can start building brands to 8% of the people. You're still wasting 92% of your efforts, 92% of your budget. And if you're going to try to reach everybody, there's cheaper ways to do it. Go put your face on the park benches. Everybody's seen those, right? Those are great. Those are cheap. Those are like two, three bucks per thousand impressions, all right? If you're not going to build a list and target people, don't waste your money on direct mail. Put it in internet advertising, show it to everybody. Get a little billboard nearby. Get a, get a bench. Get a U-Haul truck and put your face on the side of it and drive it around the neighborhood every day. Do something else, but don't spend the money on direct mail if you're not going to target. And then going with that list is the custom message, right? So if I'm a renter, don't send me a message about listing my home, right? If I'm a homeowner, you know, don't, if I just bought my home a week ago, don't send me a message about listing. I'm probably not going to do it. You've got to customize the message. There's nothing wrong with going after buyers. There's nothing wrong with mailing to renters, but you've got to mail a renter a message that makes sense to a renter. Why are you the best buyer's agent? Why are you the person to help them find the right home? Why are you the person to help them find a home with low down payment? How can you show them how to become a homeowner without a big down payment, right? How can you dispel myths and fears that they have about buying a home through your message to become an ally and help them do that? Much different message, much different mail piece than what you're going to send to someone you're trying to get a listing from, right? So you've got to match the two up. This is, again, why direct mail is important. The park bench, it's got to say the same thing to everybody. The park bench doesn't know if I'm a renter or a homeowner. Public records do. Direct mail can, but you've got to use it that way. All right? Again, we don't want to waste money contacting people who do not care about our message. So this is why direct mail is so great, because we can pick and choose. I can send a letter to one person in a city. Right? There is no other type of marketing out there where I can target a single person in a city. That's what direct mail was designed for. But big direct mail companies make more money when they convince you to mail everybody. And then the post office figured out that by rolling out EDDM, every door direct mail, they can get you to throw more money away by getting you to, to mail everybody and cutting out the middleman. But again, you're not going to get the results you want because you can't personalize the mail, you can't target the message, you can't do all the things that I'm telling you make direct mail work. So that's secret number two, the list. And we're going to get more into that as we go through here. Uh, the message has to match the audience, right? Let's talk about this. Home valuations is a super powerful message right now. It's, it's a great call to action. It's a great way to get people to respond. The idea is if I care about the value of my home, I'm more likely to sell than someone who doesn't care about the value of your home. I also could be more likely to refinance. I also could just be curious, but it is better than just absolute cold. Uh, home valuations, again, don't matter to people who live in apartments. Don't send that message there. Home valuations don't necessarily matter to renters. Don't send that message there, right? The same messaging to different people doesn't work, right? So if you send a, a message about how you're a luxury home expert and it gets to someone who has a $100,000 house, that's probably not gonna do a lot of good, right? If you put a message together about how you just helped somebody buy a, a duplex investment property and you send that to a bunch of people that own million dollar houses, it's not going to resonate. It's not going to match. The more you can talk to your target audience, the more the person reading the mail piece says, wow, this guy's talking to me. You know, he's talking to people that own three bedroom, two bath homes with a pool in this neighborhood. That's me, right? Maybe he does know what I'm going through. Maybe he can help me. Maybe he gets what I'm trying to accomplish with selling my home. He's helped people just like me. Three-bedroom, two-bath homeowners with a pool on this street, right? The more targeted your message is, the more it's going to stand out. If you put a picture of a house in their neighborhood that they recognize along with your face, they're gonna, that's going to stand out. Again, sending a, a compound that looks like Pablo Escobar could live in it out to a neighborhood full of $80,000 homes is not going to get you a good result. So you've got to match that message between the two. Uh, and then people who respond to your direct mail are more likely to do business with you. Right, so people who respond to an internet ad, lots of people click on those, lots of people fill it out. When someone physically gets your mailer and says, all right, this is important, this is going in the bill folder, and then takes the time to eventually walk over to the phone and call you, 
And they've probably done other research in between. They've probably Googled you. They've probably checked out the Better Business Bureau on you, right? People are getting savvier these days. So by the time they actually pick up the phone and call you, they're probably interested in doing business with you. That's what we find. By the time people call us, they're interested. Now, with the internet, that's not the case. Internet, you'll get names and phone numbers and fake email addresses and fake phone numbers, and they'll curse you out with the username, you know, all these things. That doesn't happen with direct mail, right? They are going to call you when they're ready to move forward. They're going to call you when they want to do some type of business with you. So the closing rate, the conversion rate, you're going to waste less of your time, right? What's your time worth? If you're calling 500 internet leads a month who aren't really interested, or you could be talking to five people a month off of direct mail who are interested, what's going to help you build a bigger business? All right. You won't see results instantly. Again, there is no instant gratification. There is no instant feedback loop. There is no, I got 32 clicks today and 77 registrations and 4,400 page views. You don't get to see any of that. You don't know how many times they looked at it. You don't know how interested in it they are. They could have made the conscious decision to use you and you have no idea. There is no feedback loop, right? There is no instant gratification. Agents usually give up too easy and too soon. This is the big one. People will try it once. I tried direct mail once and it failed, right? I sent out a direct mail, nobody called. I mean, if you think about how silly that sounds, right? If, if an agent could send out a single $100 direct mailer and get 10 listings, right? I mean, there would not be as many real estate agents as there are. Big national multi, you know, multinational corporations would run real estate because they would direct mail for $100 and make a six or $8,000 commission. It doesn't work that way. You know, you're not going to get this instant result. You're not going to see a huge return on investment. A $100 mailer is not going to earn you a $20,000 commission check. Let's be realistic. I, t- I do a ton of advertising and I'm telling you, I spent $15 million to bring in $65 million. That is a great return on investment. All right. So don't expect anything better than that. In the beginning, expect worse than that because in the early days, it wasn't that great. Right? Most of that 65 million has come in the last maybe 24 months. The first year, we spent all this money and got nothing, right? Because we were still trying to build that brand, still trying to build that credibility, still trying to get enough repetitions of my face, still trying to get enough repetitions of my message to resonate with the target audience. But again, I had a good target audience. If you have the wrong target audience, it won't matter how well your face resonates, you're going to be spending too much money on marketing to all the people who are never going to use your services. All right? And then uh, the payoff will always come later. And I will tell you when the payoff does come, it comes big. When you hit that point to where you have built that recognition with the right people, when you've gotten into the groove, when you've perfected how to build the list, uh, you can get a great ROI. You can get a five times return on your money, which is great. You know? and, and that's what I think agents need to shoot for and understand and try to go after. All right, so how much did you spend on direct mail? Again, an agent will pay upwards of $3,000 for a referral, but wants to spend 200 bucks on direct mail, right? Who else is guilty of this, right? You know, you get, you get somebody, maybe a foreclosure defense attorney comes to you, maybe, you know, maybe somebody who, who has an in at the, uh, somebody who has an in at one of the, the local communities comes to you and says, all right, we're going to give you referrals, but you got to pay us a 50% referral fee. And agents will say, okay, sure. I make 6,000, I give you three, I keep three. That sounds like a great deal. But then they'll send a direct mail campaign out for 200 bucks and be upset that it didn't work. You know, how many agents have tried to put that same $3,000 into direct mail? You know, I guarantee you, you'll get a result off of something like that. You can send a lot of mail. If you, send, if you spend 3000 bucks and send it to all the wrong people, right? If I spent $3,000 and mailed a bunch of renters asking them to list their home with me, I would waste all $3,000 and get no result. But if you put $3,000 into a correctly targeted direct mail campaign, you will get results. I would recommend breaking that money up over time. Let's do 750 bucks a month and let's do it four times, right? And let's build some, some brand. Let's do less. Let's do 300 bucks a mailing and do it 10 times, right? But agents, you've got to be willing to spend this money because what is the long-term value of that deal? 
right? So yeah, so maybe I only make 3,000 bucks on the closing today, but then if they refer me friends and family, they go in my database, they tell their neighbor what a great job I did. Now my sign is in their yard. My stats start to look better in the MLS, right? Who cares if you, know, who cares if you spend all 6,000 in the early days, right? And this is something I did. I reinvested every penny back in marketing. So I had my kind of sphere of influence stuff we did. I had my telemarketing, cold calling stuff we did. And then anything that I got off of direct mail or media or anything else, I put 100% of the money back in. So if you make a $6,000 commission off a postcard, I would want you to put all 6,000 back into more direct mail. How many times do you have to do that before you're spending a ridiculous amount of money? I woke up one day and I could afford to buy a Super Bowl commercial because there was so much money in that pot because I was reinvesting it all that I couldn't mail anymore. I couldn't spend any more on the internet. So that's why I went on TV. It's because there was so much money coming in because I was reinvesting all of it, right? If you commit to that, and you say, you know what? I'm not going to buy the new car. I'm not going to buy a new house. I'm not going to hire 10 assistants. I am going to put every dime I make off of these deals that come off of direct mail into more marketing, right? Think about how powerful that is. Nobody's doing that in your industry. Nobody did it in my industry before me. Was it hard? Yeah. You know, there was a point with my, uh, my now wife and I, we couldn't afford to put gas in the car, but I had a $15,000 Sunday night football commercial running on that Sunday. And we had to choose between eating and gas in the car because my American Express was maxed out and I had no money. But I was running a $15,000 commercial in Sunday night football, you know? It was tough, you know, but to, to, to forego the personal cash, to forego the personal gratification, right? How many of you can do that? How many of you could stare down 10 closings, 60 grand coming in and say, you know what, I'm gonna put all 60 grand back into more marketing because I wanna build something big. Or who says, you know what, that's enough. 60 grand is huge. Even if I only keep half of it, that's huge. That's, that's a great living. I always wanted more. I always wanted to reinvest more. And I found that direct mail was the best way to snowball that money. You know, with a $3,000 direct mail campaign, even with one deal, you get the tons of branding and impression, right? Because for the one guy who does call you, how many other people looked at your mailer, saw your face? How many impressions did you get? If all you did was break even on the mail, right? So I send out, I send out a $6,000 mailer. I get one deal off of it. I break even. Well, I got all that other advertising for free, right? Because the one deal paid for the mailer, but what, 12,000 people saw my face? 12,000 people saw my message. 12,000 people got what should ultimately be the first step in a multi-part campaign. This is how direct mail starts to snowball and compound to create the big results. All right, so what you should consider when you're creating a direct mail campaign, obviously size and shape are huge. We've talked about that. I'm a big fan of, we do uh, 11 by 17, like oversized brochures. This works really well for us. So a lot of companies will do an eight and a half by 11 sheet, trifold it. That's like your small brochure. We take an 11 by 17 sheet and trifold it, so it ends up being a large brochure. It's got great branding. It's clearly an advertising piece. There's nothing sneaky about it. Uh, then we do uh, what we call a check letter. So we do a coupon that looks like a check. It goes in the front of a windowed envelope. There's no branding for my company on it, so they don't know what it is. They got to open it, right? On the off chance that it actually really is a check, most people know it's not, right? Like, oh, this is on check paper, but it's clearly not a check. It's probably not a check, but they got to know. Curiosity kills them. They open it up. Now they're reading my headline. They're reading my offer. Uh, so that's something we use very, very successfully. Uh, you know, creative things you can build. It's all about uh, a mix of the hidden copy, right? So the letter that they don't know who it's from, and then they get the letter where they know clearly what it is. You know, with a great call to action, a great message on the outside, you've got to give them a reason to open it. Right? That's step number one. So why am I going to open it? I'm going to open it because I'm curious, because I have no idea what it is. Or I'm going to open it because you have a compelling message on the outside of the envelope or the outside of the mailer that makes me want to open it, right? That intrigues me that says, you know what, I'll invest another 11 seconds of my life to open this up and look at it because it's that value, right? It's valuable enough. It's not valuable enough to make the phone ring yet, 
but it's got to be valuable enough to get them to open the thing. And so again, as humans, we, we make these instant decisions, right? Okay, this says I can save much money on my car insurance. Don't care, throw it away. This says I can sell my home in 30 days or they'll waive their commission. Wow, let me see what that's all about. And now they're opening it up. Now you have a chance to get your message in front of them. But the key there is you've got to have a strong headline, right? You can't just say, yeah, I've been an agent for 22 years and I sell X number of houses. You've got to give them a reason to open it that is relevant to them. So that's the messaging, right? Timing is huge. We've talked about this. If you can identify people, which I'm going to show you how to do before we leave today, identify people who are thinking about selling and then begin to mail to them, that's where the, the rubber really meets the road. That's where you can really start to see results. Uh, list is huge. If you're not going to have a list, if you're going to EDDM, if you're going to mail random people, don't bother at all, really. Put the money somewhere else. There is no benefit to direct mailing to everyone. You've got to have a list that you've eliminated people from, that you've targeted people from, and then you've got to have continuity, right? So what I mean by continuity is if you are going to do a mail campaign, everything has to kind of fit together, right? And including the way you answer your phone, the way you talk to your clients. If your mail piece goes out talking about how you're going to sell their home in X number of days or sell it for free, you've got to back that messaging up when they call you. You've got to be prepared to have that conversation. You can't you know, act like you have no idea what they're talking about. And agents will do this, right? They'll buy a campaign. They don't really understand it. They mail it out and they get responses. And the consumer, does, the consumer understands the message better than the agent did, right? So you've got to have continuity. All of your mail, all of your messaging, your internet campaigns, everything you're doing has to work together, has to complement each other, has to tell a continuity, a congruent story, right? And then you have to continue to tell that story yourself when you get them on the phone, when you get the response. You know, when you get them to text you, call you, email you, whatever you're trying to do, all right? So uh, how to create the best direct mail. If you're not a designer, obviously hire one. Uh, whether you're trying to do sneaky mail or well-branded mail, it has to look right. Uh, so you can hire designers out there. There's a site called Fiverr where you can get apparently anything, on the world, anything in the world done for five bucks. Uh, you know, there's a lot of affordable ways to do this these days. You don't have to spend a bunch of money on a designer. Uh, people will respond more favorably to good-looking content and images. So here is where I would tell you... Uh, what happens is you can send out ugly mail that tricks people into calling you and get a good response rate, but it won't convert, right? In our industry, people send out these mailers with like the HUD logo on it, and it says like final notice, call today. You make them think they're going to lose their house if they don't pick up the phone and call. Yeah, people will call you in response to that, but they're not going to do business with you, right? So well-designed mail, this is a mistake we made in the early days. We ran ugly black and white mail. It made the phone ring, but then when they called us, they didn't trust us, right? We didn't do anything to build credibility or build brand. It made the phone ring, but every conversation started with, was this a scam? Who's RP funding? Who are you? And we would say, call the Better Business Bureau. They'll tell you we're legit, whatever. They think we're on like a, a back lot somewhere in a, in a portable scamming people's credit cards for a Nigerian, you know, gang members or whatever, uh, because our mail was ugly, you know? So when we finally went to good looking mail and we started branding ourselves, we started putting my face on it. We started looking like a company people would want to do business with, right? It started to get better. Now, I'll tell you, agents go too far with that. Agents are just all worried about it looking good with no message, no call to action, no incentive to call, no reason to call, no headline. So a great-looking mail piece without a reason to respond is worthless. Oh, this guy looks great. I mean, maybe you get your impressions. They start to recognize your face. But at some point, you've got to give them a reason to call. You've got to give them a reason to respond. You've got to give them a reason to call you instead of their great aunt Susie, who's a real estate agent, right? Or their cousin's new fiance, who's a real estate agent. Because the one problem in your industry are there are so many real estate agents, everybody knows one, right? Everybody has one they're connected to somehow. And you've got to break through that with an offer, with a reason to use you instead of using someone else, instead of using someone they may be loosely connected to. And then look at direct mail pieces that you've kept and replicate strategies that are working. Uh, don't do this with real estate because most real estate agents are failing at direct mail. They're trying it once and quitting. But if you look at what other industries are doing, right? I like to look at car dealers. You know, car dealers do a ton of direct mail. We do a ton of direct mail. If you look at other industries who are good at mail, 
right, who do a lot of mail, who mail regularly, then you can get an idea of what's working, right? So if something shows up in your mailbox a lot of times, then they're sticking with it, they're getting results. And that's the kind of stuff you want to copy. You don't want to copy the agent who sent out one mailer and you never saw their face again. And what you'll see is because there's a lot of template, you know, companies out there doing mail based on templates, you'll see like the same card with a different agent's face on it a week later, a week later, a week later. Somewhere down the line, somebody's going to get lucky, but no one is building brand, no one's building reputation, no one's building credibility, no one is running an effective direct mail campaign. All right. All right. The message must be an extension of your voice. Uh, this is huge. So when, when I go to write a, a mail campaign, I will actually listen in on my top sales guys. Right? So when it was just me selling, I would, I would audio record my sales calls. So if I was going to cold call someone and try to sell them a mortgage, what was I going to say? That's what needed to be in the mail piece. Because again, the idea is it's an extension of my voice. If I could go out and talk to 100,000 people a day, I would do that. I can't. The only way I can reach that kind of people is to mail to them. So why would I mail a different message, right? If I can pick up the phone and I'm going to tell you 10 reasons why I can save you money, get your mortgage closed fast, all these things... That needs to be the same message in your direct mail piece. And so what I challenge people to do is if you don't do any type of prospecting, start, right? Do prospecting. It's a great way to test your headlines. When you call people, you know, the, the really good prospectors, what they say, the first 10 words out of their mouth will determine whether or not they get to stay on the phone with that person, right? And the first 10 words in your headline are going to determine whether or not they read your mail piece, keep your mail piece, and if you get your foot in the door enough to continue to try to sell to them. Uh, test your message in other mediums, right? A great one is that, prospecting. Another great one is Facebook ads, right? Direct mail has a terrible feedback loop. There's no way to know what's working. Facebook has an awesome feedback loop. You can run a headline on Facebook and get click-through rates and responses and likes and shares and, and comments and all this stuff. So if you've got a couple different headlines you're testing, run those as a Facebook ad and see if anybody likes it, clicks on it, reads it, right? And, and a lot of people's direct mail headlines, when we do that, no one clicks on it because it wasn't compelling right? You know, uh, your local neighborhood expert, run that as a Facebook ad. Nobody's going to click on it, right? Run free home valuation, run sell your home in 90 days or it's free, run some kind of call to action, you know, learn the five reasons why I can sell your house faster than anybody else. Learn the five reasons why I can sell your home for the most money. This type of stuff will get clicked on. Well, if people are clicking on it, liking it, sharing it, commenting on it, it was grabbing their attention. So this is the type of headline you want to use in your campaigns. Try different pictures of yourself, right? You can test all kinds of great stuff on Facebook with instant results. Use two or three different headshots of yourself. See which one with the same headline, right? Pick a good headline and then put different pictures of yourself and see which one gets the highest click-through rate. Which picture of you are people looking at and saying, ah, this person looks trustworthy enough to click on? Or this person looks like a good enough real estate agent to click on? You know, you're going to see differences. It's crazy, but small changes in pose, small changes in head positioning, differences in wardrobe will all impact that click-through rate and that's the feedback loop we can use there and then take all that knowledge we learn from running these small test ads in other mediums and take them and put them in people's mailbox on a much larger scale, all right? Uh, you must have a call to action. This is probably the biggest thing people screw up. You got to give them a reason to call. And we are not a one-step closed kind of industry. You can't just say, call me to list your home, all right? You've got to put something in the middle. Call me to find out why now is the time to list your home. Call me to find out what prices are doing in your neighborhood. Call me to find out five things you can do to increase the value of your home, right? These are the types of calls to action that are intermediate. There's a step in between. It's this whole idea of giving something to get something. I'm going to give you my knowledge in return for you responding to my mail piece, right? I want to know your name. I want to know your address. I want to know your phone number. I want to know you are somewhat interested, right? That's what I want as a marketer. Well, I've got to give you something to get that. 
And this is why a lot of agents have success with free home valuations. It's overused, there's better ways to do it, but it's kind of an easy one that a lot of agents use. I like more of a consultative role of, you know, hey, I'll help you figure out, you know, ways you can sell your home for more money. You know, there's, there are five things you can do in the next six months that will help you sell your home for more money in the future. Who's gonna respond to a call to action like that? Someone who is considering selling in the future. They're gonna respond to you now. You're not saying, trust me with the listing of your home. You're saying, let me give you some knowledge. Let me give you some of my knowledge for free. And that's how you start the conversation. That's how you get your foot in the door and start building the brand credibility because now you can put them on a different type of direct mail campaign. All right, somebody responds to that. I'm gonna probably start FedExing them stuff, right? I'm gonna up the game. I'm gonna spend more money. I'm gonna send personalized letters. You know, I may FedEx them a, a magazine. I may FedEx them a newsletter. I may, I may show up at their house and knock on the door, right? Once you've got that opportunity, once you know someone is interested because they responded to a, a call to action, an intermediate call to action, you can start to sell to them. You can start to build trust and relationship, all right? Uh, the importance of the list, we're gonna go back to this because uh, this is what I wanna kind of close on today and talk about is the list. This is by far the most important part of direct mail. I, I, I think I've established that with everybody. Uh, if you're not gonna focus on the list, don't bother. All right, the list is the only reason to direct mail. All right, EDDM is terrible because EDDM doesn't let you use a list. All right, and uh, the other thing I wanna talk about is why hot lists go cold, right? So a hot list would be uh, expired listings. That's a hot list. It goes cold because everybody else has it, right? Uh, in, our, in our industry, when someone has their credit pulled, it's called a trigger lead. It's a hot list, but it goes cold very quickly because everybody else can get to it. So if you can get first in the mailbox, that's great. But when you're mailing to the same list everybody else is, right? There's 17,000 real estate agents all mailing the same expired listings. This will ruin a hot list. The other thing that happened is if you're buying your list from a list broker, they're out there. If you start to have success, they will figure it out and then they will sell your list to everybody else, right? Because that's how they make money. They make money by selling lists. So if you come up with a great, you know, a great concoction, you say, you know what? People who bought their home in 2009 and have pools and their three-bedroom, two-bath and they're this many square feet, they have the most equity. They're ready to sell. I'm going to target them. Your list broker, whoever you're buying that from, if it's a live person, will figure that out. And then everybody else gets sold the same list and it ruins it. So I'm a big fan of building your own list, right? And that's what we're going to talk about now. How do you build that own list? And so uh, this is my little graph I use uh, to break down. This is kind of how I rate marketing, right? So direct mail is a medium. We've talked about this. Audience and targeting is huge. You can target great. Message and offer is great. It's got pretty good natural influence. It has a terrible cost per thousand, right? So if you're not going to take advantage of these things, you're wasting your money and it has terrible tracking and feedback, right? Let's compare that to Facebook, right? So if we look at Facebook, Facebook has good audience and targeting, good messaging offer. It has less natural influence, it has a little bit better cost per thousand, but what really kills direct mail is that tracking and feedback loop. And so in my campaign, when I look at how I'm gonna use different mediums, this is the chart I use. If I need a great feedback loop, I'm not gonna use direct mail, I'm gonna use Facebook. If I need natural influence, I'm gonna use direct mail more than I use Facebook. You, you can look at these and you know, when you look at TV, audience targeting is terrible, message and offer are terrible, but influence is through the roof, cost per thousand is great, but again, you've got terrible tracking and feedback. So this is the, the bullet points that I use to measure different mediums. And we're gonna work with a state device to put out a, a chart of all these for the different mediums, TV, radio, direct mail, everything I do, all right? So back to the list. Um, how to build your own list. So this is where different mediums have to converge, right? So we've talked about how Facebook has a better feedback loop. It doesn't have the credibility. It does have good retargeting now, which we talked about in the seminar last week. But the number one thing agents do wrong, let's use our home valuation example, right? When somebody lands, if you ask them for all this information on page one, they're probably gonna bail out, unless you have enough credibility for people to respond and wanna do business with you. 
So what I recommend agents do is run a two-step process, right? When someone clicks on an ad that says, get a free home valuation, they expect to have to give you their home address because you can't give them a home valuation without their home address. And so like 80% of people will fill this box out who click on your ad. Well, guess what you now have? You now have their home address, all right? So you've got a home address of people who are interested in having a home valuation done, all right? In, in the seminar last week, we talked about how to eliminate people from this who want to refinance or who, want, who are just curious. And so what we do is we run ads on Facebook that would only be clicked on by someone who is thinking about selling their home, right? 12 ways to sell your home for the most money a year from now. You know, 10 things you should do a year before selling your home. Uh, you know, five great ways to use technology to sell your home for free. How to sell your home without a real estate agent, right? Topics that are interesting to someone who is thinking about selling a home. Once you get those people in your Facebook targeting list, you can drive them to a home valuation screen. And even if they don't fill this one out, right? Only about 10% of people will fill this one out. Most people fill this one out. Well, now if you have a good direct mail system in place, you can direct mail everybody who filled out step one. You now have a custom list. Nobody else has this list. There's no list broker involved, right? There's no public records involved. There's no, oh, we know that they're in foreclosure, so we're going to pound them with mail like everybody else. Oh, it's an expired listing. We're going to pound them with mail. You are probably the only person that knows that someone at this address is thinking about selling their home. That is the true benefit of direct mail, building that custom list of your own and then direct mailing to that list, targeting that list through internet, through Facebook, uh, which anybody who didn't make last week's seminar, you can go to realestation.net and they're putting up a, a tutorial on how to do that part of it, how to do this part of it. But when you combine this with direct mail, when you put these two mediums together, we take the feedback loop and the targeting of Facebook and creating the list, and then we hone in on that list and we hit that list with offline direct mail to build our credibility, to build our influence, to prepare our message. This is where we see the most bang for a buck. This is where we see magic start to happen, all right? So final thoughts, uh, building this list is complicated. Uh, again, between the two seminars, you should be able to do it. It's the, the best thing you can do with direct mail. If you're just gonna throw mail out there and see if it sticks and not have a list, don't waste your money. There are better ways, better things you can put that on. Remember, you've gotta have a great call to action. You've got to think about this as if it's marketing, right? Don't just go buy a template from somebody. Don't just go buy mail. It looks like everybody else's. Don't forget about your own list, right? But think about creative ways like that. How can you mail people that you know that other people don't? How can you get people to come up by using Facebook ads and raise their hand and say, I, I may sell my house soon and here's my home address. So now you can start to mail to me, use all these synergies together and you can create a direct mail campaign that really has great results. So I wanna wrap up a little early so we have time for questions because I know there are gonna be a lot, well, hopefully a lot. So we'll get into the question period. Yes, sir. Thank you very much for your, uh, I, I try not to. I, I mean, I, uh, more like three years ago, right? So we tested, like I used to have the sideburns and we figured out those didn't work real well, all right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah so the, the question was, how often have I changed up my picture? So obviously you can't, you see real estate agents that have the picture on their card from like 22 years ago. So there is a point in life where you can't continue to use the old picture, but I'm hesitant to change it because that picture being the same, and even if it's not the exact same picture, same period in my life, you know, I weighed about the same, my hair was cut the same, same clothes, maybe some different poses, uh, but we tested a lot. Did the brown suit work better than the blue suit? You know, did the tie, red tie work better than the, the gold tie? Should there be a tie? Should there not be a tie? Sideburns, no sideburns. Completely clean, shave, and a little bit of stubble. You know, whatever. We tested all these different things to figure out what resonated the most with people. And so again, we, we didn't test using direct mail. We tested using Google and Facebook. 
But then once we figured out what people resonated with the most, that's what we use on the mail. That's what we use in the TV commercials. That's what we use on the website. That's what we use everywhere else. So the, the picture we're using now, I've probably been using for about 36 months. And most of my TV commercials, I haven't cut a new TV commercial in probably 24 months. So we're very, I'm a creature of habit. I think repetition is huge. Uh, you know, we are not a type of industry where there's a new car that comes out every year. Our message doesn't change a whole lot. Real estate, mortgage, people are going to respond when they're in the market. So the same message that talked to you a year ago may talk to you next year because it's where you are in life. So I don't really have to change the message up that much. Other questions? Any questions from the webinar, Robert? I did such a great job. There's no questions. Go ahead, Annette. So is there any way to add tracking to direct mail? We've tried this, and it really just... I'm going to say no. So we tried using tracking phone numbers. Uh, one thing we used to hit is when we would have the person who kept the seven mailers and we put a different phone number on each one, they thought that minute was some kind of scam, right? Like, why are you changing your phone number on every mailer? We were doing it to try to, to, try to track, you know, well, was it this, this mailer or this mailer or that mailer? Which one did they finally call off of? When in reality, what they do is they Google you and they call whatever phone number is on your website, right? Most people don't call the number from the mailer. Uh, we, we go in our smartphone, we type in RP funding, then we click on the click to call. So most people don't call any of the numbers. And what we found is trying to use the sneaky tracking numbers lowered our credibility. Because like, why does your phone number change every week? Like, are you hiding from the authorities, right? Like, this is some kind of scam. Again, we're back to the whole, you know, we're in the, the portable in a back lot somewhere running some kind of credit card fraud scam. So we have to change our phone number every week. So we decided that tracking numbers were a bad idea. We went to a branded phone number, 855-RP-Funding. 855-773-8634 spells RP funding. You don't need the last couple letters, but it works. But using a branded phone number, again, makes more credibility, right? The little fly-by-night companies don't have a phone number with their, their brand in it. Uh, and by having consistency of the phone number raised the credibility and helped our mail perform better. So the question is, can you apply the same principles to email marketing? Uh, what I would tell you is email has an even lower built-in authority, right? Email is like the lowest of the low. Uh, if you think about all the spam we get, you know, you do get the crazy scammers trying to get your credit card numbers and phishing and all this. So there's no real credibility in email. Uh, the way spam filters work, I, to me, I don't think you can build the same type of, of, of credibility. Now, once someone trusts you and is in your list, then I think email is a great way to follow up. But as far as trying to build brand and build credibility uh, using email, I, I'm not a fan. We haven't had, ever really had any success with that. Email is more reserved for uh, people we have a relationship with. And we're even seeing that change now to where Facebook is a better medium to communicate with those people. Uh, if you think about it, how, what percentage of your email is now spam, right? Even with great spam filters, it's still a lot of spam. Uh, your friends don't really email you anymore, right? Most friends will text message you or Facebook message you is what we find. So what's left in the inbox is garbage, right? It's like your online banking notifications and it's spam and it's, it's, you know, crazy stuff. The real personal communication, the real important communication is moving out of email. So while email is not dead, it is, it is going to be hurt the more communication moves to Snapchat, Facebook, text messaging, anything to get out of, of email, right? If you send me an email, I have to dig through 70 pieces of spam to find it. I may miss it. Or if you text message me, I'm going to respond. And so consumers are realizing that, moving that direction naturally, and that is further damaging email marketing. Okay, Robert, I've got some questions okay. online. Um, the first one is, how do you create a targeted list? All right, how do we create a targeted list? So this is where you've got to get a little creative. You know, so one idea I showed you is to run a Facebook ad for free home valuations, and then anyone who enters that address, you assume that's where they live, and you start to mail to that address. Uh, there's ways to you know, think about who's selling, right? Look at your client base. Who's listing their homes right now? If you can identify something, right? If you can figure out that, okay, all the people in this neighborhood or all the people who bought during this month 
or all the people who bought this type of home or all the people in this neighborhood who are getting to a certain age. You've got to really try to get in there and figure out consumer behavior. Who is moving up? Who's hitting a point in life where they want to move out? And you can start to build your own custom list that way. I'm personally a big fan of using internet marketing to get people to raise their hands, right? Who clicks on the ad that says, you know, uh, 10 ways to sell your home without a real estate agent? Now, obviously, we want them all to use real estate agents, but it's a great hook. It's a great way to get them to read it. And usually what happens is they read all the stuff they have to do and they decide they want to hire a real estate agent anyway. But the idea of saving commission is a great way to get somebody to click on something. And then once they click on it, then you offer them the free home valuation as a part of the article. If they give you their address, you now have their home address and you know they were interested enough in selling a home to find, try to find out how to do it without a real estate agent. That's a great list, right? And so you can, it's about a buck a name to build your own list in Facebook from what I've found. So using the Facebook techniques, you're going to spend a dollar a list. But if you get a list of 100 people in an area who are interested in selling, you can now hit that 100 people with a lot of direct mail very cost effectively, build the brand, become the expert, and get the listing when the time comes. Yes, sir. Yeah, so the question was, how can we tell you know, after closing or whatever that it was the direct mail that worked and not something else? Uh, I can feel it because if I quit mailing, our phone calls go down dramatically. So again, they don't call the number on the mailer. They Google us. And so what I really can tell is when I send out a big mail campaign, my web traffic goes up. That means the campaign worked. You know? And so one great strategy is run a separate website that you only drive people to from your mail. Right? So if I've got my normal robertpalmer.com website, and that's where it's on my business card, and that's where people know me, and they go to see me, maybe I run something different. You know, East Orlando, you know, agent, whatever, you know, if it's a seller, you know, sellyourhomefast.com, whatever, have some other type of, of website that you only advertise in your direct mail. And that's the, the closest thing we've been able to, to find any type of feedback loop. I do enough that I can just naturally feel it. I can see the website traffic go up. Uh, we can see responses. We'll run coupons. You know, so we may mail people out and offer, hey, here's a $1,000 off your closing cost coupon. And now they're going to tell us they got the mailer because they want the 1000 bucks off. Uh, it's important enough to me to track and motivate that it's worth giving up the money sometimes. Uh, so those are all the different techniques we've used. But again, it's never perfect. And we'll have people that don't tell us about the coupon until the day of closing. We'll have people that forget about the coupon altogether. Maybe the coupon expired, so they don't mention it at all. Uh, but we've tried to figure out ways to track, and there just isn't a rock-solid one. And, and if you are going to track, it's got to be a super call-to-action message, which you want your direct mail to kind of be a mix of all that. You want some branding in there. You're trying to build your credibility. And there's no way to track that success other than is your business bigger now than it was a year ago because you're doing this, because you're investing this money. And I can promise you, if you're doing it right, it will be. It does work. We wouldn't be here. I mean, I, you know, we wouldn't be number one in market share and resales in this market without all the advertising. I'd still be six people sitting around doing as many loans as I could do from telemarketing. Uh, so I know this stuff works, but I can't quantify, no one can quantify how many it takes or exactly what the ROI. I can do over a five-year period. Yeah, I spent 15 million to bring in 65 million. That's about as much as I can quantify. I can't tell you what worked better than this or that. Uh, I have some feelings and I have some feedback, but there is no real hardcore evidence. Uh, and, and even that, that's the same with the internet. You know, how many times did they see your ad or read on something before they decided to convert? What was the true cost? Uh, trying to quantify marketing is almost futile. You've got to believe in it and continue to do it and understand that there are no big businesses that don't market. So obviously it accomplishes something. Yes, sir. Is there a point where it saturates the market? I mean, like, where do you need to move on to another list or do you just keep continuing? Yeah, so we, we do reduce our frequency. You know, we'll hit somebody seven or eight times quickly and then go into more of a maintenance mode. You know, so you don't, you don't want somebody, you don't want to be in the mailbox every week forever. One, it's not cost effective and it, it, there's a diminishing return. I like seven or eight 
kind of rapid succession, maybe 10, and then back off to, to maybe quarterly. But the idea then is to have something sticky. They do a magazine, do a newsletter, try to do something that's going to hang around the house, not just a postcard. So pound them with the postcards and the, the letters and everything to try to build a little brands so they recognize your name, but then come back with more of a credibility piece on a maintenance schedule once a quarter, once a month, and back down that frequency. All right. Thing up. Yes, ma'am. So would you recommend mailing to everyone on your list, regardless of the size of the list? Um, and that really comes down to budget. You know, so yeah, it, you got to figure out if I want you to hit them seven, eight, nine times, you've got to have a couple bucks, four or five bucks per person on your list. So if you can't afford to hit everybody on your list, then I would try to pare it down. You know, I would look at the better home prices. I would look at better buying signals, you know, some way to try to filter that list down to get to the right people, um, but not to lose the frequency. All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for coming. Thank, oh, one more question. Yes, ma'am. So again, in the early phase, I like weekly. You know, maybe if, if you figure everybody at least checks their mail once a week, maybe once every 10 days. So if you hit them too frequently, they're going to get all of them at once, which we've done that before. We'll purposely send maybe two at a time. So when they're going through their mail, they have two of the same thing. And they think you're an idiot and you actually mailed them twice, but it gets, you talk, it gets them talking about you. Like, hey, honey, look, this idiot sent me the same card two times, right? Well, now they're waving my face around the kitchen talking about me. So that's a win. Uh, so we have done that. We'll, we'll maybe send two at a time in the beginning of the exact same mailer, and then they think it's a mistake, but it gets them talking about it. They got to throw it away twice. Oh, no worries again, right? Uh, but from there, I would say like maybe 10 days a week, 10 days somewhere in there. Uh, you know, apart, people living in apartments tend to check their mail less frequently for whatever reason than people living in homes. So I would maybe spread that out a little more in an apartment than in a house. But you don't want to, you know, unless you're purposely mailing two at a time, you don't want to be in there multiple times in the same mail cycle. Uh, but again, in the beginning, we're trying to build brand. We're trying to get noticed, right? And, and how are we going to get noticed when they see the same person four or five times? Every other agent they've only seen once. They've seen you four or five times in a short enough time span that your face... See, what happens is they wake up and think they know you and they really don't. There was a point in the early days when I first started advertising that I would go to the grocery store and people recognized me. They didn't know why. Right now they know why. Now they, oh, that's the mortgage guy. We know who he is. In the early days, they didn't know why they recognized me. And so I would get these weird looks and like people like ask me for help. Like, oh, you know, can you help me get that off the shelf? Like they didn't know why. They just felt really comfortable talking to me and thought they recognized me. So there is this thing in our brain where we, when we see somebody's face enough times. We don't know why, but we start to trust them and recognize them. And so you want to have enough frequency that you get to take advantage of that. Yeah, there, there was a study done uh, by, I think it's a, a company associated with Keller Williams that they made up a fake real estate agent and direct mailed them out 15 or 20 times, then did a survey, and everybody said that was the most trustworthy agent in their area. So I mean, it definitely illustrates the, the power of direct mail. It was a company called Harbs and Herder. I've tried to find the study, but all I can find is articles referencing the study. But I'd love to actually read what they, what they actually did. Yep. Yeah, I'll have some put up on Estateavise. Um, so if you go to estateavise.com in the next week or so, this video will be available, a transcription. I'll put some sample marketing pieces up there as well. All right. We also have a question from Twitter. It says, is email marketing a dying species? It sure sounds that way. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's, you know, it was never great because it's such a low cost entry. I mean, you can mail for free, which is great because it's free, but it's terrible because it's free to everybody else too. You know, and so when you've got companies sending out just ridiculous amounts of spam and mail, there's no credibility left. Can it still work? I mean, yeah, if you, if you mail 20 million addresses, is there a chance somebody's going to click? Yes, you know, but it's a huge numbers game. And really, the, the people that are successful at it are mailing massive quantities. I mean, they've got server farms set up 
to do nothing but send out mass quantities of spam to try to get that one or two clicks. And the average person can't compete in that. Now, mailing to people you know is different. You know, I mean, I, again, I, if, if you know the person, if there's a relationship, if they're going to open it, they're going to recognize your name, you can use email. But as far as a true cold marketing tactic, I think email already is dead. All right, well, thank you to our webinar audience. Thanks to our live audience. Appreciate you all coming today.